Welcome to the Side Beer Show, Beers from Lockdown, Volume 10, Barcelona Replacement Beer Festival Weekend. Welcome to this extra long podcast where I take you through every beer I had on the weekend I should have been in Barcelona Beer Festival, along with descriptions of the beers and the breweries. We have three days worth of content to get through, so let's get going. This week I'm taking you all the way back to the beginning to when this all kicked off. On the 10th of March, I was meant to be jetting off to Barcelona for Barcelona Beer Festival. But the COVID-19 pandemic was already two and a half months in and it began to sweep across Europe. And I was monitoring the news, monitoring the situation and waiting to see what was happening. And things were getting worse. There were more cases being reported in Spain and in Catalonia. And by Saturday the 7th, I decided to cancel my trip. I'd take the financial hit and cancel everything. Fortunately I got cancellation on my apartment so I got my money back on that. What I did lose was my almost £300 on my flight and my €50 on my beer festival ticket. Because I waited and I waited and I waited to see what they were doing. To see if they were going to cancel the flight, see if they were going to cancel the festival. Nothing. Nothing happened. So. I said I took the financial hit and I cancelled everything myself. I made a preemptive cancellation, meaning I couldn't claim back any compensation at a later time, but still. And the beer festival organisers kept saying, no, it's fine, it's fine, we're still on, we're still going ahead, we're still on. And two days before the festival was due to open, they cancelled it. Two days. And this was prompted entirely by the Spanish government banning gatherings of any more than 10 people. And also, it's a good thing I didn't take the risk and fly out, because I was due to fly out on the 10th and come back on St Patrick's Day the 17th. By that Saturday, by the 13th, when the beer festival was due to start, all flights out of Spain were cancelled. There were no flights to or from anywhere in Spain. So I am so glad I cancelled, because I'd have been one of the thousands of people stuck abroad if I'd have gone. I'd have got there, I'd have found the festival was cancelled and then I wouldn't have been able to get back. So what did I do? Well, last year I brought back loads and loads and loads of Spanish beers. I did a review of a brewery called De Passas and some from the brewery watched my review and I talked to them at their stand about what, who I was, what I was doing, what I did and they gave me free beer. And they gave me a cloth bag with each of one of their beers in, complimentary. So that's six bottles of beer I've now got. And then I got talking to the manager at the Brewdog stand. Turns out he's the Brewdog manager for all of Europe. So I got talking to him and he said, whenever you come to the Brewdog store, come find me, I'll serve you and I won't take any tokens off you. Because Barcelona's a token-based system. It's, the exchange rate is roughly one euro per token. Unless you got the elite package like I did, it was two to three euros, two to three tokens per beer. If you got the 50 euro package like I did, every beer was one token. But the manager at Brewdog said, your beers for the weekend on me. After I gave one of their beers a brave review. So I guess I didn't have to spend anything on those for the weekend. I came back with so many tokens. <laughs> and I picked up a few beers from a few of the breweries 
around the festival and a few other places around Barcelona. And I came back with maybe 10 or 12 bottles of beer. Came back to this year. So I now have probably about 300 bottles of beer at home. I've got five cupboards full of beer. I've also got takeout beers from places like Liverpool Craft Beer Festival, um, when I've been to bars in Manchester and various other things. So getting back to this, what I did was, as I couldn't go to Barcelona Beer Festival, it was a lovely weekend and I brought Barcelona Beer Festival to me. And I had what I dubbed the Barcelona Replacement Beer Festival weekend, where I went through my cupboards, I had this beer from De Bassas, I had this beer from other places. So I went through my cupboards, I pulled out a load of foreign beer. I still had some in my fridge from International Beer Day that I didn't get round to. Put a few beers in the fridge. So I pulled beers from the UK, Canada, the USA, Spain and Iceland over the course of the weekend to give myself a nice little cross-section of a beer festival. So, without any further ado, let's get into it and find out what I had. My first beer of the weekend was acquired at Liverpool Craft Beer Festival in 2019. That was a weird one to get to. It's at a place called the Invisible Wind Factory, which is down on the Dock Road. It's a hell of a way out of Liverpool. And it's a, it's a nightclub as well. Really odd place for a nightclub on the banks of the River Mersey. The Invisible Wind Factory is a mile and a quarter walk from the bus stop at Whitechapel. Heading across and down a road I recognise very well from no, from my route to the airport. Anyway, they have a there's a craft beer festival there every year called the Liverpool Craft Beer Festival. 2019 was the second year I attended. It was good, apart from the wasn't keen on the music. They had a DJ playing loud music, but it was sort of very boring, very monotonous music place was absolutely packed. They had a food court out the back but they had it in as a one-way system this year. So once you went out the back you couldn't get back in the back door like you had the year before. You had to go out the side gate of the venue, down the street, round the front and back in the front door. But you couldn't take your beer out into the street with you. Anyway I digress. There was this brewery there. Anyway there was this brewery there called Collective Arts. They were a Canadian craft brewery and they've got really fun artwork on all of their cans. Let's tell you a little bit about Creative Arts off their website. So let's tell you a little bit about a Collective Arts Brewing. Art and Brewing. Collective Arts Brewing is a grassroots craft brewery that aims to fuse the creativity of beer with the inspired talents of emerging artists and musicians. Collective Arts Brewing was founded on two beliefs. The first, that creativity fuels creativity, and the second, the creativity yields delicious pints. We feature limited edition artworks on each of our beer cans and labels and we work to make sure that the liquid inside is as diverse and creative as the artists we profile. Our brewery is located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is where we brew everything from our flagship IPA, Runsack the Universe, to our World Beer Cup winning Stranger Than Fiction Porter. In our tap room we pour up to 10 different beers at one time as well as provide samples and flights. We host brewery tours and live entertainment weekly. Stop by our beer bottle gallery showcasing every artist we've worked with over the past six years. And 
I didn't know this at the time I bought the beer. I didn't know this at the time I drank and reviewed the beer back in March. I've just learned this just now. I randomly picked this can of beer from them because I liked the artwork on the can. And it turns out that it was their flagship beer, Ransack the Universe IPA. The review, the beer profile on untapped for this reads, so Ransack the Universe is a 6.8% IPA. And the description reads, Galaxy hops from Myrtleford, Victoria in Australia and Mosaic hops from Yakima, Washington, USA. Deliver aromas and flavours of tropical fruits, mango and citrus. The light malt body lets the hops shine through and finishes crisp but not bitter. A hemispheric hop mashup. And I wrote, a delicious juicy fruity beer. Let's get the full details of what I thought of it. Here we go, hey guys. As I couldn't make it to Barcelona Beer Festival, and Barcelona Beer Festival has been cancelled anyway, I am bringing Barcelona Beer Festival to you. Yes, that's right. So, we're going to have a few beers. I'm going to drink a few of my international beers, and I've got loads of Spanish beer. I've got loads of beer I brought back from Barcelona. Just, But first, we're going to Canada. This is a beer I picked up at Liverpool Craft Beer Expo two years ago. It's by Collective Arts Brewing and it's called Ransack the Universe. I'm not going to do the entire thing on camera, I'll, uh, I'll save a bit for later. So there it is, West Coast IPA. It's a 473 ml can, so that's interesting. And the artwork, I don't really know how to describe it, it's orange with like cartoony alien things on it. The artist is from Santa Barbara, California, USA. Right, Ransack the Universe. Still looking for an ABV on this. Let's crack this open and see what I got. I've got my World Beer Festival glass here. Ooh, that smells good. Let's get it in a glass. One moment. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'll leave the photo later. I'm looking at it. Actually, no, I'll get a photo of it later when we move the rest of the can. Alright, so it's come out, it's a dark golden colour. It's got a one, two, three, four, five finger foamy white head. Mmm, smells fruity. Something like Chinook in that. Maybe citrus, but citrus more lemony, that's more, mm, that's more grapefruity. Yeah, maybe mosaic, Chinook, something like that. Alright. Come on, come with me on this journey. Let's go, let's go run sack the universe. Mmm, oh, that is really nice. Good. Recommend this if you can find this in your local bottle shop. Canadian craft beer. Craft brewery called Creative Arts. Out of Ontario. Mmm, that's good, I like that. We need to get something to eat as well. I've got like festival food as well. I've got like noodles and quiches and picky bits. <laughs> and hot dogs. I've got hot dogs. I'll be having hot dogs tomorrow. Yeah, this is really nice. Very juicy, very fruity. Like a pungent taste. Mm. A bit grapefruity, maybe a bit. I think a bit more looking like pomegranate. I'm getting in there. I'm almost done. So I'll say goodbye for this one. It's nice, fruity, juicy. A little bit, maybe, a uh, little bit of grapefruit, a little bit of pomegranate, a little bit of papaya. 
you know, that sort of tropicality to the fruitiness on it. So I'm expecting lots of citra, lots of cascade. Have a great evening, guys. Enjoy yourselves, whatever you're doing. If you're having a few beers in, cool. If you're having a few beers out, stay safe. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you shortly. Alright. That is really nice. I'm glad I bought that. But it's aged well as well, because uh, I've had that in the fridge. That's been really, that's really, really nice. From Hamilton, Ontario, I came back to the UK to a multi-award winning brewery based in Aberdeen, Scotland called Fierce Beer. Who are Fierce? At Fierce we make some great flavour packed beers. We split our range into five categories. Hop forward, fruity and sour, stouts and porters, seasonals and specials. Soon to be launching is Fierce by Nature, our mixed fermentation project in both 20 litre kegs and 500 milliliter bottles. Each beer is handcrafted in Aberdeen, Scotland, where we brew, keg and can everything on site using local produce where possible. Our first brew was in April of 2016, but we've already won a load of accolades. We distribute UK-wide and export to 21 countries. Our beers are vegan-friendly. Our Pilsner and Split Shift IPA is gluten-free and tastes ace. We have bars in the centres of Aberdeen and Edinburgh. Why didn't I go to the Fierce Bar when I was in Edinburgh? What we do, we make really flavour packed and memorable beers. We have eye catching marketing and labelling and a great logo that is instantly recognisable. Our beers are split into four categories. Hop forward, from light pale ales through to east and west coast IPAs, packed with complex hop flavours. Fruity and sour, created using only the finest natural ingredients from smooth and creamy to lip smacking and mouth puckeringly sour. Stouts and Porters. Stouts and Porters provide a rich multi backdrop to add some of the greatest ingredients into to make world class brews. Specials and Seasonals. We love experimenting and also collaborating. These beers are cutting edge and limited availability. Why we are different. We don't make boring beer. Our beers are totally packed with flavour. We are passionate about the Providence too and we use local ingredients, services and equipment where possible. We are pretty ambitious, but we also recognise the huge importance of a personal service. We love our hashtag fierce family, and try our best to look after them well. What are our capabilities and plans? Our capacity has grown steadily since we started, and we are now capable of brewing up to 80,000 litres of beer per annum. We care most of all about beer quality, so we have in-house lab equipment. We also insist on performing all processes from start to finish in-house. So we bought our own canning machine. This ensures our beer quality is the very best, from day one right through the life of each beer. Future plans. At Fierce HQ we are collaborating with amazing breweries to create an exciting new single hop series. 10 different breweries, 10 different hops and 10 different styles. 2019 brings a mixed fermentation project, lots of beer aging in barrels with wild yeast. Lovingly created by Do, known to us as the Ferminator. We will release these in August in 500ml bottles. The first batches are all collaborations with Siren, Yeasty Boys and Kirkstall. We will continue to look at opportunities to have our beers exported overseas with 15 countries already in the pocket and we would love to have a load more.
we are looking longer term at moving the brewery to another site in Aberdeen where we can open a, where we can open a real city attraction. A brewery, tap room, restaurant, venue for private functions for a full-on fierce experience. So there we are. That's a little bit about fierce beer. This was, I assume, one of their weird collaboration series. Let's see what Untap says on it. It was called PBJ Riot, a 6.5% porter. Our peanut riot is an awesome beer. You're immediately transported to the confectionery counter after one sip, but we wondered how it would taste as a classic PBJ with raspberry jam. So we added some in. Try it with toast if you dare. So there we go, so PBJ for those who don't know. It's an American thing, it's peanut butter and jelly, or jam as we call it. So let's try it. I can't remember where I picked this up, it might have been in the supermarket somewhere. Not entirely hey sure. James, welcome back to the Barcelona Beer Festival replacement weekend. We are Friday the 13th, which is probably why everything's going wrong for me tonight. This tripod just will not stand up properly, no matter what I do. Anyway, for our next beer in the Barcelona Beer Festival placement weekend, we're going to Scotland and we are going to Aberdeen. And this is Fierce Beer, PBJ Riot, Peanut Butter and Jelly Riot Stout. Best before 17th of the 5th, 19. Yeah, this one's been in my fridge a while. I picked this up, it was a rare one, so I thought I'd drink it from a beer festival replacement. It's 6.5% peanut butter and jelly stout. Let's crack this and see what I think. It comes in a 330ml can. So the idea is, as I'm not at Barcelona Beer Festival this weekend, <laughs> I'm having my own with all my foreign beers I've got sat around the house. Mmm, smells interesting. Right, I'm going to fit it to the 0.2. Line. Bloody hell, that is, that is all head. Wow, that's sweet. I'm just taking a sip off the can. A lot of people will not like that. I'm telling you that now. Bloody hell. I might have to review another beer before I can come back to this one. Look at the size of that head. One, two, three, four, five. Another one with a five finger white head. I tried to fill it to the 0.2 line, the head's up to the 0.3 line. <laughs> yes, I'm drinking out of Rutsford Beer Festival glass. Mmm, oh yeah, you can definitely smell the raspberry jam in that. Not really getting much note of a peanut, but there we are, it's settling, it's settling slowly, slowly, slowly but surely. Right, let's see what this is like then. Mmm, that's quite nice actually. Because the peanut. For some reason, I've mentioned this before, anything with peanuts or peanut butter gives a beer a really dry taste. I've no idea why, because peanut butter is always very sweet. But anything with peanuts or peanut butter in gives the beer a very dry taste. But the jam in that, the jelly in that, gives it a really good sweetness. There we go, the head's gone completely now. So just as the dry bitterness of the peanut butter bites. The raspberry jam kicks in and the sweetness kicks in. And a little bit of chocolate as well. The peanut butter is similar to those Reese's chocolate, peanut butter chocolate cups you can get. That's the best way to describe it. Mmm, mmm, pretty nice that. Huh? 
Cheers guys. Give that a 4 out of 5, that was really nice. Mm, like that. Don't know if this is still made, but if it is, or if you've tried this, let me know what you think. It's a small batch, so it's probably very, very out of production by now. Alright, I'm ready on. I'll see you guys soon. Have a great evening, or afternoon, or day, or wherever you are in the world. And Next I'll catch you. travel from one end soon. of the UK to the other. From Fierce Brewery, just outside Aberdeen, all the way down to London to an area famous for the tennis, Wimbledon Brewing Company. This is a little bit about them off their website. Our heritage. Wimbledon has a long and illustrious brewing history. The new brewery is based on the site of Merson Priory, which was brewing throughout the Middle Ages until its dissolution in 1538. One William Watney ran the Wheatsheath Brewery in the Crooked Billet area of Wimbledon in the 18th century. His direct descendants went on to establish the famous Watney Brewing Empire. The Wimbledon Brewing Empire was started by William Cook in 1832. It stood in Wimbledon High Street where the old fire station is today. Next door was the Brewery Tap Beer House, also run by William Cook. At that time there were 115 breweries in the London Excise District. Following a number of changes of ownership, the brewery was taken over by William Quatermain in 1880. It was Quatermain who built the five-storey tower, the highest building in Wimbledon at the time. The brewery was described as having a modern plant on the tower principle, with the brewer's office, molten hop lofts, boiler house, tun rooms and counting houses etc, together with the well-established tap and shop. Amongst the 11 beers listed in Wimbledon's advertisements at the time were pins, firks and kills of XXXK, XXX, XX, India Pale Ale, PA, Family Pale Ale, Imperial Double Stout and AK Dinner Ale. A fire started at the brewery on January 2nd 1889 and although the interior of the building was badly damaged and all the brewing equipment and machinery was destroyed, the main structure of the building was left intact. Today's Wimbledon Brewery can be characterised in very similar terms to the one described above. Our logo incorporates the image of the lower tower the phoenix and barley and hops, representing our heritage and our focus on only the best ingredients. We are the custodians of the heritage and the traditions of beer brewing, whilst also inspiring a new generation of drinkers and brewers. Craftsmanship, our ingredients. Our philosophy at the Wimbledon Brewery is to utilise the best English brewing traditions and brewing ingredients. Our brew house has been designed with modern materials and construction methods but is built for traditional brewing methods and includes a number of features unique to us. Our core beers are brewed using one of the head brewer's favourite barley varieties, Maris Otter, to produce pale malt, and our hops include classic English varieties. We have our own strain of yeast that enhances the flavour and character of our main brewing materials. The brewery team. Derek Prentice, head brewer. Our head brewer, Derek Prentice, has enjoyed a long career in brewing, and has brewed great beers with a number of famous London breweries, including Truman's, Young's and Fuller's. Derek recently received the SIBA, that's the Society of Independent Brewers, Lifetime Achievement Award, and was awarded with the British Guild of Beer Writers Brewer of the Year for 2013. Derek is a Diploma Master Brewer and a Fellow of the Institute of Brewing and Distilling. Mark Gordon, Founder. During his 23 years in the city, Mark always had an ambition to make something tangible, enjoyable and close to home. As a long-standing Wimbledon resident and ale drinker, there was only ever one option. He re-established the Wimbledon Brewery in 2014, 
125 years after the original brewery burnt down. His ambition is to brew internationally renowned, beautifully crafted English beer. The Brewery Our new 30 barrel brewery has been designed by a head brewer in conjunction with OAL Engineering and produces 8,640 pints per brew. I think I should say brew run. Our focus is on brewing a traditional range of English beers, but we also brew seasonal and other innovative beers. Brewery tours, tastings, private hire for parties and sporting events are regular fixtures. We have our own brewery tap and shop in the heart of the working brewery. The brewery houses a training suite which is also available for private or corporate hire. We run several courses on the many aspects of beer production, both for interested amateurs and professional brewers. So that's a little bit about the Wimbledon Brewery. Let's see what beer I had from them. Friday the 13th of March 2020, I am drinking Wimbledon Ale from Wimbledon Brewery. This is brewed exclusively for Marks and Spencer. This is brewed exclusively for Marks and Spencer. Why, why don't they sell it? Arena and actually have some decent beer there. Oh. It's a light golden colour, zero head, just a very thin foamy white head. Smells very hoppy. Mm. It's not bad, a little bit creamy. It's not too bad and again it has been sat in my fridge since last summer. Just the reduced by date on it. <laughs> not last summer, I obviously bought this for Wimbledon 2018. Because the used by on this is March 2019. <laughs> so it's uh, a year out of date. There we are. Right, we'll give that a two and a half out of five. It's okay, it's not really my thing. If this is still around, or back when Wimbledon season comes around in the summer, if Wimbledon comes around in the summer, given the spread of coronavirus, go down to your local Marks and Spencers and try this beer, those of you in the UK. Have a great evening, and I'll see you soon. It was getting late now, so this ends day one of the Barcelona Replacement Beer Festival.
Day two of the beer festival starts now. Where are we going? Let's find out. From Wimbledon we travel south, across the English Channel and south, south and south again. Past Paris, through France, past Lyon, past Montpellier, all the way down to the south coast of Europe. My next beer came from Spain, or more precisely from Catalonia, from Barcelona, but not from Barcelona. Saying Tibidabo Brewing is from Barcelona is like saying Neptune Brewing is from Liverpool, despite it being 15 miles away from Liverpool. Located six and a half kilometres out of the centre of Barcelona, in the region of La Hospitalitat de la Borregat, which just happens to be the same area of the city where the beer festival is hosted, and where my hotel was, I found Tibidabo Brewing by the brewer inviting me to the brewery after meeting him at the beer festival. About five minutes walk in the opposite direction to the beer festival from my apartment. You wouldn't know Tibidabo Brewing was there if it wasn't open. It is simply an industrial unit with no signage. However, the brewery itself is quite impressive. The last time I was there in March of 2019... Oops, I forgot to check in there last year. It says I last visited two years ago. I did visit last year as well. Eh, good on you, Tibidabo. You click on the section of their website for the tap room. And it says, we will remain closed until further notice. The description for their tap room says, a space where you can chat with your friends, listen to music, play foosball, which is what everyone else seems to call table football, ping pong or darts, have a good beer, or ask for a whim to eat, or everything at the same time. History of Tibby Darby this is what I was looking for. Who are we? Our history. The best stories are the ones that hide a long journey. A lot of roller coasters and a lot of cheek to drink the world. Borgia and Patricia knew each other a long time ago. They quickly realised that when they worked together, the effort and dedication they put into making things go well could lead them to develop great projects. Legend has it that on the way they even got married. But that's a story for another time. Over time, the idea of Tibidabo Brewing and having a joint project to fill them went up like foam. All like the Tibidabo mountain that rises above Barcelona. Now, yes, they began the adventure of making beer that is as good as possible. Of quality, healthy and very different from the industrial ones. But above all, a beer brand that has ensured that each person, whatever it was, found their style within the Tibidabo brewing range. Since that great decision, life is more brutal. Tibidabo Brewing is a 100% craft beer that drinks and is born from the fun that causes doing things that they like and from passion for the authentic. Not quite making sense that sentence, but you get the gist of it. Its founders have taken care of all the details that represent it, inside and out, in order to be able to say with a very big smile, yes, this is the beer we were thinking about. Along the way, we could not forget to continue cultivating our values and trying to collaborate to the maximum for the social good. That is why we are linked with non-profit foundations. Because we believe that from Tibidabo Brewing, we are capable of making many people and projects happy because there is no greater joy for us than what is shared. The secret of all our beers is the American hops. These have allowed to create a more modern, experimental and transgressive beer, as well as providing a more fruity and citric touch. From this particular blend, and from a lot of Americans that we know, Tibidabo beers are born. 
and from risky things coming out with a range of beers made in barrels. As from the beginning we made it our goal to reach everyone and not focus on a very closed market niche. Our beers are very varied. Great stouts, lagers, IPAs, Mediterranean sour ales, session IPAs, pale ales, in a can or a bottle. At this point, and in order for you to agree with us, you will have to have a beer break to try our beers. We can continue talking about everything else as much as you want if you stop by our tap room. An authentic place for people as authentic as you. Our manifest. Why do we make beer? We brew because we are passionate about it. Because for us, beer is synonymous with sharing and enjoying life's simple moments. Because being brewers is about respecting the ingredients, understanding where they came from, and realising to what extent we must be respectful to our planet to preserve it for future generations. Because we believe that quality and sustainability must be within reach and affordable to all. To achieve this, we believe that local and independent companies are the best way. That is the reason we make beer. So, let's see what beer I had from Tibby Darbo. Again, I brought a bunch back from this brewery because I, fa- I found them completely by accident. Well, as I said at the beginning, I found them when the brewer approached me at the beer festival and asked me to come down to the brewery. <laughs> and I've been back since. It's a really great place. It's a nice, enjoyable atmosphere. They do brewery tours, mostly in Spanish or Catalan. However, one of the chaps there was kind enough to translate for me during the brewery tour. He didn't work for the brewery, I think he was just another visitor. But he was kind enough to, to translate things for me and explain what was going on around the brewery tour. Let's see what Untapped has to say on Timmy Darbo Brewing before I go into the beer. You've heard it in their own words. Let's see what Untapped says. And it's in Catalan. From the gist of it, I think it's fairly much what I said on the... Okay, so this is what it says on Untapped. Let's see what it says about the beer. This beer was called Twin Clouds. Twin Clouds is a double dry hops New England IPA at 6.5% and 15 IBUs. Made in our brew house factory in Barcelona. It's a cloudy beer loaded with Mosaic, Simcoe and Idaho 7 hops and presents with a low bitterness and aromas of mango, tangerine and peach. I have drank it twice. Once at the tap room in March 2019 when I was last there and then 363 days later on the 14th of March 2020. I cracked the can I'd brought back in 2019. And from the looks of it, I drank it out of my Wrocław Beer Festival glass. Let's see what I thought of Tibi Darbo brewing Twin Clouds. Hey guys, welcome back to the Side Beer Kitchen. We're having our Barcelona Beer Festival replacement weekend here. So I'm going through and I'm going through some of the beers I've brought back on my previous trips. Plus some of my beers, some of my British beers and some of my beers I've brought back from other countries. I'm doing my own like mini Barcelona beer festival from home. Right, so I am drinking this from Tibi Darbo Brewing in the Laboratat, where the beer festival is held. A collaboration with Joppen Brewing in Harlem in the Netherlands. This is a double dry hops New England IPA coming in at six and a half percent. I am drinking it out of Rotswell Beer Festival glass, two thousand and. Seventeen. Anyway, let's get this out and into a glass. Whoa, it's uh, it's lively. <laughs> Look at that, it's all foaming up out the top. Right. 
get a bit of this into a glass. There we go. Put that aside and I'll finish that later. There it is. It's a nice dark golden, almost orange colour. Has a one, two, three finger, very foamy white head. Mmm, smells good, got a nice fruity nose to it. Bit like a most double dry hot things to be honest. I haven't even filled it up to 0.2 but oh well. 0.3 can. Mmm, oh that's really nice. Oh I like that. Mmm, juicy, fruity. A little bit bitter. But yeah, that's nice, I like that. Mmm. Cheers. It's got like a yeasty taste to it as well. I love that. I'm going to give that four out of five. If you get the chance to go to Barcelona Beer Festival next year, this brewery is about 15 minutes walk away from where the beer festival is. I stay in the uh, a place called Aura Park Apartments generally, which is roughly halfway between the beer festival and this brewery. The beer festival is 10 minutes that way, and the brewery is 10 minutes that way. This is very nice. But I usually like their own beer, I usually like Yoppen, so it's always a... It's going to be a good bet, this. Okay, guys, right, I'm going to go. I'll see you guys soon, have a great afternoon. Enjoy yourself, whatever you're doing. From Tibidabo Brewing, we travel to Barcelona's El Prat Airport and hop a 14 and a half hour flight. Our next beer came from the USA from San Francisco. Anchor Brewing, a San Francisco brewing tradition. So let's have a short history of Anchor Brewing. 1849, Anchor's Roots. The rich history of Anchor Brewing can be traced all the way back to the California Gold Rush, when a German named Gottlieb Breckel arrived in San Francisco with his family. 1871, our first brewmaster. Gottlieb Breckel bought an old beer and billiards saloon on Pacific Street near Russian Hill for $3,500. Transform it into the American brewery that 25 years later would be renamed Anker. 1896. Anker is born. German brewer Ernst F. Bruth and son-in-law Otto Schinkel bought the old brewery on Pacific, the first of six Anker locations around the city over the years, and named it Anker. No one knows why Bruth and Schinkel chose the name Anchor, except perhaps for its indirect but powerful allusion to the booming port of San Francisco. 1906, a series of unfortunate events. In an uncanny year of misfortune, co-owner Ernst Bruth had died suddenly in February. Two months later, the devastating fire following San Francisco's Great Earthquake consumed Anchor Brewery. In 1907, just as Anchor Brewery was opening its new location at the south of Market Street, Otto Schinkel Jr. was run over by a streetcar. Fortunately, German brewers Joseph Krauss and August Mayer, along with liquor store owner Henry Tietjen, were able to keep Anchor going. 1920, the Prohibition years. Prohibition effectively shut Anchor down in 1920. There may have been a few activities during Prohibition, in the year of bootlegging, but there's no record of Anchor Brewery doing anything, legal or illegal, during this time, other than waiting with the rest of San Francisco for the return of Anchor Steam beer. 
1933. Repeal. Happy days are here again. After Prohibition ended in April 1933, only Joe Krauss began brewing Angostine beer once again after a hiatus of 13 years. As luck would have it, his newly reopened brewery went up in smoke the following February. He reopened Anchor in a brick building with his new partner Joe Allen, a few blocks from where the historic brewery is today. 1959, the era of mass production. Krauss and Allen valiantly and lovingly kept Anchor afloat until Krauss's death in 1952. By 1959, America's, and even San Francisco's, newfound taste for mass-produced, heavily marketed light beers had taken its toll on Anchor's already declining sales. In July of that year, at the age of 71, Joe Allen shut Anchor down for what would thankfully be a brief period. 1960. Surviving Another Challenge Lawrence Steese bought and reopened Anchor in 1960 at yet another nearby location retaining Joe Allen to carry Anchor's craft brewing tradition forward. But one of Anchor's oldest accounts, the Crystal Palace Market, had already closed its doors. And Steve's had an increasingly difficult time convincing loyal Bay Area establishments to continue serving Anchor's team. By 1965, Steve, like Allen six years before him, was ready to shut Anchor down. 1965, the Mitag era begins. During a meal at the Old Spaghetti Factory, a North Beach restaurant which was known more for its eclectic decor and Ankerstein beer than spaghetti, a Stanford graduate named Fritz Maytag learned that the makers of his favourite beer would soon close their doors forever. Despite its primitive equipment and financial condition, Fritz rushed to buy a 51% stake of the historic little San Francisco craft brewery for a few thousand dollars, rescuing Anchor from imminent bankruptcy. 1971. A Brewing Renaissance. A hundred years after Gottlieb Breckel first founded the historic American brewery that became Anchor, Fritz began bottling Anchor's steam... Fritz began bottling Anchor's beer. The first bottled Anchor's steam beer in modern times. By 1975, Anchor had produced four other distinctive beers. Anchor Porter, Liberty Ale, and Old Foghorn Barley Wine, and their first annual Christmas ale. Though the terms microbrewing and craft brewing had not yet been coined, it was clear Anchor was leading the way in a brewing revolution in San Francisco. 1977, Home Sweet Home. By 1977, Anchor had five products, a dozen employees, and had outgrown its most recent brewery on 8th Street. After a long search, owner Fritz Maitag purchased the wonderful old coffee roastery built in 1937 on nearby Proto Hill. On August 13th 1979 Anchor brewed its first steam beer at its new Mariposa Street home which remains our home today. 1984 Summer Begins. In 1984 Anchor celebrated its fifth anniversary of its new home by brewing a special wheat beer The first wheat beer to be brewed in America since Prohibition, and known as Anchor Summer Beer. 1989. Another shake-up. In 1989, Anchor's pioneering spirit and reverence for classical brewing led it to the Sumerian Beer Project and Ninkasi, a beer made according to a 4,000-year-old recipe. Later that same year, the brewery was rocked by, but not damaged by, 
The Loma Perita Earthquake, out of which Anchor's Earthquake Beer was born. 1993. A new idea is distilled. In 1993, Anchor became the first brewery in the world to have its own in-house distillery. Anchor Distilling, doing for micro-distilling what Anchor Brewing had done for micro-brewing nearly 30 years before, began making Old Putero. Began making Old Putero rye whiskey as it might have been made by George Washington. And then, in 1997, Anchor Distilling started making its unique pot-distilled gin, Junipero. 2010. Anchored in the future. After 45 years, Fritz Maytag, having inspired thousands of top craft brewers, announces his retirement and the sale of Anchor Brewing to Keith Gregor and Tony Foglio. Anchor's new owners make plans to preserve and expand the iconic brand's operations and cement a position as leader in craft brewing and artisan distilling. 2012. Anchor Today. Today, Anchor remains one of the most traditional breweries in America. A pioneer that led the craft brewing movement. Though its top beers, especially Anchor Steam Beer, are known throughout the world, they are still handmade in Anchor's handsome copper brew house in San Francisco, California. And that's it. Nothing on what they've been doing for the last eight years. But there we have it. A short history of Anchor Brewing. And what beer did I have? It was mentioned there in the article. No, it wasn't the steam. Not this time. This time, it was Anchor Porter. So this is the description of Anchor Porter from Untapped. Anchor Porter was first brewed in 1972, first bottled in 1974. It has an ABV of 5.6%, it's available all year round. The malt used is a blend of two row pale, caramel, black and chocolate. And the hops are Northern Brewer. And there's actually a little video about Anchor Porter on the website if you want to go have a look at their website. Anchorbrewing.com slash beer slash anchor underscore porter. Yeah, so what it says on tap is a, exactly what it says on the website, so I'll read it from, from here because it's easy to read off the untapped page. A deep black colour, a thick creamy head, rich chocolate, toffee and coffee flavours, and a full body smoothness. Anchor Porter is the epitome of handcrafted dark beer. A blend of specially roasted pale, caramel, chocolate and black malts, along with our top fermenting yeast, creates a complexity without bitterness. The brew is hopped at a high rate and naturally carbonated. The result is dark in the glass, but surprisingly light on the palate. Anchor Porter became the first modern American porter when it was introduced in 1972. As we celebrate its 40th anniversary, our porter continues to reward those who look beyond its intimidating appearance to discover its smooth, full-bodied drinkability. Anchor Porter is the definitive American Porter. So there we have it. I have drank this three times. I've had three bottles of this. First on the 27th of December 2016 at The Botanist in Chester. Then again on the 4th of July 2018. I had this at home in the side beer kitchen. I can't remember quite where I bought that from. And the third time is the one I'm about to play the review for on the 14th of March 2020 from the Cyberbeer Kitchen. Let's get into it. This is Anchor Porter. 
14th of March 2020. Anchor Brewing from San Francisco. This is their porter. Coming in at 5.6%. Nice and cold, just been chilling in the fridge for a bit. Right, let's read what this says on the on the label then. San Francisco San Francisco's famous anchor porter is made in one of the smallest and most traditional breweries in the world by the brewers of Anchor Steam Beer. Our old-fashioned porter is virtually handmade with an exceptional respect for the ancient art of brewing. We use 100% malted barley, generous amounts of fresh whole hops, entirely natural carbonation, a simple natural brewing process that is like, that is like no other in the world. The deep black colour, the thick creamy head and the intensely rich flavour of Anchor Porter made in San Francisco since 1972 have earned this delicious and unique brew a worldwide reputation for outstanding quality. It is aesthetically pleasing and wholly, and wholly superior in every respect. It's still in date this one, one of the few. It's got a best before of We've got a year left on it. It's got a best for March 21. Can't remember when and where I picked this up. That's Anchor Porter. Now I always thought this brewery, because their main beer is called Anchor Steam, I always thought the brewery was Anchor Steam Brewery. I'm going to disappear off in a sec because the oven's going to go because my dinner's going to be ready. So, <laughs> Right, my Dutch brewery bottle opener. De Heidenbrauwerdisch. Yeah, cannot pronounce that ever. Right, let's get the top off it. It's got a nice bottle cap. Let's get this cap off and get this beer into a glass. What's, what size bottle is this? It's A355. That's unusual. Right, that's the cap off. So depending on how lively this is, I'm going to fill this to the 0.2 line. That's not too bad actually. There we go. Alright, pop that down, put that over there for, to finish later. Drinking out of my Rotswell Beer Fest glass again, I've rinsed that out. That's my dinner. I've bought in a load of beer festival style food for the weekend, so I'm having beef burger and chips. I haven't had homemade beef burger in a while, so. Right, there it is. It's got a one finger tan head. Very throffy. Throffy? I can't say it. Frothy. I was going to say it with a th for some reason. A very frothy tan head. It's leaving good tan lacing on the glass. Cheers, guys. Ooh, it's got a nice big sweet chocolate note to it. Mmm, oh that's good. Oh, that's really nice. Nice, sweet. Little bit of chocolatey dryness on the back end. Mmm, oh that's good. That's a good one, Matt. I like this beer. I really do like this beer. Mmm, mmm. I'm going to give that 4 out of 5. It's got a nice, big, rich, chocolatey, though bitter chocolate like. 80% cocoa chocolate, which is what gives it that slight dryness because it's really, really bitter, as well as really chocolatey. It's not sweet chocolate, it's like bitter chocolate. That's nice, I like that. Four out of five, very good. So this is available in this country from certain outlets. If you see it, give it a go. All right, cheers guys. 
I'm going to go and grab some dinner. From San Francisco in the USA, we return to the south coast of England, to Bristol, and a brewery called Electric Bear. For the love of beer. Beer is a wonderful thing. Drinking a truly great beer is one of those pleasures that makes you feel glad to be alive. To be involved in what is undoubtedly the most vibrant and exciting UK beer scene in history, making modern beers alongside some of the best breweries is truly exciting and a privilege. To make great beer that brings some sort of life-affirming pleasure to people is what we aspire to. We make delicious new beers for the bold and the curious. Why Electric Bear? The name of our brewery comes from the old Bear Brewery that used to stand on the corner of the Wellsway. Next to the Bear Inn in the Bear Flat area of Bath. Electric derives from how we power our brew house kettle, aka the copper, the vessel used to boil the wort during brewing. That original Bear Brewery is now gone. The victim of a World War II Baedeker bombing raid in April 1942. But we are Electric Bear. Brewing here is back. Bigger and better than ever. Why brewing? We are all home brewers. Some of us still are in our spare time. Chris founded the brewery to escape his small garage, which had no running water or drainage. This was where he home-brewed on a 20-litre Speedel Brewmaster. Traipsing in and out of the house for water and cleaning, generally making some decent beer, but also a lot of mess. The desire to make things sits deep with all of us, and home brewers are particularly passionate artisans. With some homebrewers, that passion extends to fashioning their own equipment to make beer. We have always tried to see things differently. We think that a great kit gives you the best chance of great beer consistency. So Electric Bear Brewing Co. was born from the dream of escaping the garage, increasing capacity, and building a brand new brewery, creating great, innovative, delicious modern beer that delivers on that glad-to-be-alive vibe. Our approach to brewing is simple. We want to produce consistently great tasting beers of all styles, from easy drinking ales to highly hopped high strength beers. From our core range to our experimental small batch nano brews. Starting the brewery has been a journey and not a day goes by when we don't learn something new. Challenging, yes. Hard work, yes. Worth it, yes. And I picked this beer up when I was in their tap room in 2017. I was there twice in 2017. I can't quite remember which trip I picked this beer up on because I was there in June of 2017 because I'd gone for something else. I'd gone for a different brewery. It was Moore Brewing Company of Bristol was celebrating their 10th anniversary. So I'd gone for that but I decided I'll have a day in Bath and I decided I would walk from Bath train station out to Electric Bear Brewing Company. This turned out to be a major mistake. It's two and a half miles and it was about 23 degree heat. Let's just say I was ready for a beer by the time I arrived at the tap room. And while I was there, I found out that it was Electric Bear's birthday the same weekend as my birthday. This was in July. So another trip back in September and I wanted to go in September anyway because I wanted to go to the Doc 2 exhibition that was closing that weekend. So I made another long weekend of it, going Friday to Monday. I spent my birthday at the Doc 2 exhibition in Bristol. Met up with my cousin and went round with my cousin, because my cousin lives in that area. And had a nice afternoon with my cousin and then went back into 
Bristol and had a few drinks and that was the Friday and on the Saturday I got the train down to Bath and went to Electric Bear. I walked it again but this time it wasn't as hot. So this was a can of their Buried Alive which was a berry beer they brewed in collaboration with Eight Arch Brewing and my tasting notes for this say it's been two and a half years and dropped once but this beer still tastes as fresh as when I had it in the tap room. This beer is no longer in production, I've had it four times. Um, so let's see what the official description for it says. Brewed in collaboration with our friends at Eight Arch Brewing Co in Dorset, Steve's van made quite an entrance, arriving in an explosion of 40 kilograms of berries. We spent half the morning mashing, smushing, crushing and pulverising fruit. Eventually opting for Willamette Centennial and the elegant Halito Blank Hops to play part of the sherbet hop background for the berries to bounce off of. Looks like a berry smoothie. Smells like berries. Tastes like berries. So let's see what I thought of it the last time I drank it. Helpful if I had a beer and a glass. One sec. damaged beer. This one's a little bit on the old side and it's been shaken up so we'll see what it's like. 14th of March 2020 welcome to the Barcelona Beer Festival replacement weekend. My next beer comes from Bath in the UK. It's a collaboration brewing with Eight Arch Brewing. It's a couple of years old now. It's actually got a use-by date of 21st of the 2nd 18 so I'm I bought this on my trip to Bath in the summer of 2017. Wow, I can't remember. I can't believe it was that long ago. I was in Bath. I dropped it. It was in a pack. It was in a four pack in the uh, the plastic gave way. I was, I was moving things around and the plastic holder gave way and it dropped and boom. So it's been in the fridge for about weeks. Maybe more. Fortunately it didn't explode completely. I've given it a chance to settle down. Buried alive. 4.4% summer berry ale. Check out the artwork. It's eight hours brewing, bringing in the berries, dumping it on the brewers and drowning them in it. I reviewed this back at the time. I had some at the brewery, and it says drink fresh. And this has been in my free. This has been sat around for just over two years. So it's got a slightly bashed in top. So we'll see how this opens. This may or may not work. Oh, good hiss. Ah, got it. Yay. Oh, that berry smell's still there. That's the good thing about cans. It holds everything. It holds the flavours, it holds the smells. Right, still drinking out of my Rotswab Beer Festival glass. Let's fill this to the 0.2 line. Put the beer out of the way so I can enjoy the rest of that later. 
So look at that, this is a very dark golden colour. Oh wow, that, that berry smell is amazing. Mmm, oh I'm loving that smell, I'm loving that berry smell. It's got a one finger foamy white head when everything is settled down. This was probably out of production a long long time ago. Yeah, that settled nicely on the 0.2 line, so let's have a drink of this and see what I think. Oh wow, that is as fresh as when I had it at the brewery. That is amazing, that hasn't aged, that hasn't oxidised. That is really, really nice, I really like this beer. Mmm, mmm. Little dryness, I'm getting like a white winey taste to it which will be the Halto Blanc hops they give up like a they give up like a wine taste mm. oh that is absolutely delicious yeah that is as good and as fresh as when I had that at the brewery I can't believe that has survived especially being dropped as well all this time oh I've been meaning to crack that for a while now but I've been letting it resettle that is really nice if you have this at the time I hope you enjoyed it this probably went out of production. I was there in June, so this was probably out of production by the end of the year, if not before, if not August, September. Maybe October. Beer runs, especially limited beer runs, are generally. Oh, sorry. Oh, hell. It's very carbonated. Generally about three or four months. That is absolutely delicious. Nice smoothness of berries, nice smoothness of blueberries. So I'm getting like a. There's like a yeasty taste to it, there's like a white wine juiciness to it which will come from the Holto Blanc hops. That is delicious. I'm giving that a 4 out of 5. That is absolutely delicious and it has aged so well. Cheers guys. Mm. It does have like a jam taste to it, like a strawberry jam or... But it's blueberries and mulberries, it does have like a, a jam sweetness taste to it. Alright, I'm going to enjoy the rest of that beer. Right, cheers guys. As well as the beer, I also had festival style food with burgers, chips, snacky bits, sausage rolls, things like that for my meals. sat me down and he put it to me where do i see myself what will i be he's got the world on his shoulders all the woes of mankind he's got bags on his eyes and death on his mind when i grow up i'm gonna join the
We finished day two in Bath, so we are now going to head across the channel to begin day three of my virtual festival to the Gothic quarter of Barcelona and a beer named after a dog. So I was staying out of the city centre in La Hospitalet de la Borregat. So I had to get the metro into the city centre because that area, so where the beer festival was, was about seven kilometres out. So you had to get a tram in. So I got the tram in, got the metro, which was fortunately just around the corner from my hotel. And although Barcelona metro stop is practically outside the brewery, the tram I got in from my hotel didn't stop at that one. So I did a little bit of sightseeing, got the tram over to the Arc de Triomphe metro stop, had a walk around the Arc de Triomphe and the gardens around it, and then walked down to Black Lab Brewery. And it was another really scorching hot day, it was about 26, 27 degrees. And by the time I'd got to Black Lab Brewery, I could barely see, because sweat was running down into my eyes, and I had sun cream on. So sun cream was running down to my eyes and stinging my eyes, and I could barely see where I was going when I managed to stumble into Black Lab. And my first beer I had in there, I'm still squinting on the review for it. So I'm stood there, I'm stood at the bar, I'm squinting trying to see the boards as to what's on. So I finally decide on the 7% American IPA called Claudia. And I enjoyed it. I bought a can to take home with me. Black Lab, which is a dog. It's their dog, their Black Labrador. Your beer place in Barcelona. Black Lab is a family business created by Matt and Ying. Matt is a brewer from Minnesota in the USA who moved to Barcelona in 2009. Ying is the general manager and grew up in Galicia, Spain, part of a Chinese-Spanish immigrant family. You can find them working in the brew pub, so stop by and say hi. Black Lab offers the best combination of the freshest craft beer and Asian-American-inspired food. Black Lab also supports local musicians in Barcelona by hosting live concerts every Saturday. So I enjoyed the Claudia so much that I took a can home with me, as well as a Claudia variant, but it was the Claudia regular I had this time, and the description on their website says American IPA, our best seller, very aromatic with a touch of sweetness. So let's have a look what the untapped description says. I'm assuming Claudia is the name of the dog. I don't know, but I'm assuming Claudia is the dog. Claudia is the star of the Black Lab. With intense citrus and tropical fruit aromas like mango and papaya, Claudia is very refreshing and has the perfect balance of sweetness, acidity and bitterness. Barcelona's IPA. So, hey guys, welcome to day three of the Barcelona Beer Festival replacement weekend. As it's a nice afternoon, I've decided to step outside and do a review for outside. So, I am drinking Claudia IPA from Black Lab in Barcelona. Black Lab Brew House and Kitchen was founded in Barcelona in 2014 by the marriage of Jing and Matt. Black Lab is a brew pub at the marina in Barcelona that also serves artisan American fusion food, the freshest beer, straight from the brewery. So there it is, this is Claudia, this is a 7% IPA. This has a use-by date of 0819. <laughs> yeah, back with the glass, keeping with the glass. So, open this can, see what we get. Oh, it's quite foamy. It's Frothing up over the top. Mmm, smells juicy and fruity. Look at him. Look at that. Now, ain't that psychedelic? <laughs> Look at that psychedelic can. It's a dog with, what's he got? 
blue, yellow, orange and red around it. Let's get this out into the glass. That'll do, just below the 0.2 line. So I've got a decent amount left for, for later. Put that down there. So there it is, this is a deep orange, dark golden colour. Mmm, nice pungent fruit nose. So let's give this a go and see what I think. Mmm, ooh, ooh, that is good. Nice, juicy, fruity, yeasty. Oh, I like that. Mmm, oh, that's good. That is really good, I'm really enjoying that. Mmm, mmm, yeah. When the crisis is over, if you're in Barcelona, when they finally rearrange the beer festival, get down to Black Lab Brewery and grab yourself a Claudia. I'm going to give that. Maybe to everyone's taste. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to give that a 4 out of 5. The sweetness sort of counteracts it. But yeah, that is good. That is good. Fire out of five for that. Alright. See you guys soon. Have a great thing. Enjoy some of whatever you're doing. I'll be back in a little bit with more. Till then, I'll see you later. Oh god, it really is cold out here. What's the temperature here today? It is 9 degrees out here. God. When I was in Barcelona this time last year, it was about 30 odd degrees. On the uh, on the Monday I walked down to Black Lab and it was about 32 degrees. It was stupidly hot for March. So from Barcelona, we're travelling down the coast road, past Valencia, round, past Benidorm, all the way down to Playa de la Zenia. 581 kilometres or 361 miles to a brewery and restaurant named Debassus. And there's a funny story behind this one. I was at Barcelona Beer Festival uh, the year before, 2019, and I gave their beer a good review. Someone at the festival obviously saw I reviewed their beer. They saw what I'd said about their beer. And when I went back, they gave me six bottles, one of each of their core range. And this beer I had was their Weizen, which is a Hefeweizen. It's 6% and all it says on untapped is Bavarian type Weiss beer. So let's go to their website and see what they have to say about their beer. Weizen. Weizen is the main beer brand in southern Bavaria. Its unique taste and multifaceted flavour is the result of using large portions of wheat malt with special top fermentation yeasts. All this gives the beer its particular notes of fruit and clove. It's 5.2% because there's actually a segment from their menu on the website which gives a little bit more of an about us than the website does. The Debassus Brewery was the first mentioned in the Ingolstadt Chronicle from 1550. The old brewery is located in Sandersdorf Castle, which belongs to the 
which belongs to the Debattis family. The history of the Debattis family has an even longer history. The first member of their family mentioned in the Chronicle was a Roman general in around 50 BC. During the Thirty Years' War with Bavaria, most members of the family moved to Switzerland. Since that time, based on centuries of acquired experience, they have brewed beer of very high quality. Their recipe for success, their art of brewing, combined with the highest raw materials. Back in 1516, introduced the Bavarian Purity Law. Yes, I've talked about this on previous occasions. This is the Reidhengerspot. It's called the German Beer Purity Law. According to the law, beer could only be brewed by using malted barley or wheat, hops, yeast and water. Even now, the Bassus Brewery adheres to that law, and the raw materials used in the production of our beer comes from unpolluted areas exclusively. This way we obtain the flavour and aroma properties typical to each particular sort of beer, as well as the beer from indicating freshness. We brew our beer in our restaurant, as to avoid any chemical food additives in our products. No food additives, no pasteurisation, no filtration. Our beer contains nutrients people need to be healthy and has an excellent taste. Debassus contains all the vitamins, except vitamin C, minerals and amino acids that are part of a recommended daily intake. So consumed in moderation, Debassus beer can be called one of the healthiest beverages. So, let's see what I thought of Debassus Weizen. Hey guys, welcome back. Right, I'm going to do one more beer from outside. <laughs> Sun's going down, it's getting a bit cold now. My next beer is a Weizen. This is a Weizen from Kevawetha de Bassus. It's got a monk on it. They're a, um, if it was Belgian, it'd be called Trappist. But that's a, uh, it's a traditional brewery run by monks. So it's the Spanish version of a Trappist beer. It's 5.3%. It's a Weizen style, so which is uh, wheat. So it's a wheat beer. Let's get it out and into the glass and see what I think. So, as always, drinking out of my Rotswell Beer Festival glass. So let's get this in a 0.2 line. Oh wow, that's uh, that's lively. Bloody hell. Ooh, yeah, that smells like Hefeweizen. It's got that very banana clove note to it. It's all head settling slowly. We're just going to have to wait for this to settle, aren't we? Come on. Yeah, it's got like a banana clove, like maybe a little bit of butter. It looks like that head beer I had in Poland. There's a beer from Urkel, Pilsner Urkel. And the Pilsner Urkel bars, they do a series of different style beers. And one of them is described as a head beer, and this is all head. The sun's just setting, it'll be dark in 20 minutes or something. It'll be dark just as this beer's settled. So yeah, they do... Uh, so Pilsner Urkel in their bars do various types of beers. And one of them is called Milko, and it's a head beer. So that's an interesting one, it's 98% head. It's actually supposed to be 100% head, but by the time you actually get it back to your table, it takes 15 minutes to pour. It's, setting, it's settling slowly, slowly, slowly. I have served lively beers at beer festival and said to people, we'd like a flake with that. No, I think that's the best I'm going to get it. So it's settled to have a one finger foamy white head. So let's uh, get it down and see what I think. It's a nice dark golden colour. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Creamy, yeasty. A little bit tart. 
but I don't know if it should be like that. I didn't dry this one last year. It hasn't been sat around for a year, so. Yeah, that's nice. Yeasty tart. What am I going to give that then? I will give that. That buttery note's there. It's not as banana or clovey as I was expecting it to be from the nose. I'm going to give that three and a half out of five. I'm curious as to what it would have tasted like fresh now, but. Because <laughs> it's a year old, but. It's been sealed in a bottle. Probably had a bit more of that clovey note to it. It was a bit fresher, I suspect. But yeah, not bad. Not bad. Alright, my hands are freezing, so I'm heading back in. Alright. Cheers, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks to the replay. Everyone, you should watching on BBA and Lucy on the beer and We're away. If you can get this beer, try it. If you can get anything by this brewery, try it. I definitely recommend Debassus to anyone who imports beer or runs a bottle shop or the great little brewery. If anyone in the UK can get it, drop me a message and let me know. Have a great evening. I'll see you in a bit from back inside. From Alicante International Airport, we're going to hop a flight back to the USA now. To Boston, Massachusetts. My penultimate beer of my virtual festival comes from Framingham, Massachusetts in the USA. 23 miles west of Boston. And their website says, The Exhibit A Beer Garden is now open. Come and visit our beer garden located across the street from the taproom. We made several changes over the last year to ensure our staff and our customers will comply with state and city regulations. We are not taking reservations at this time. Seating is on a first-come, first-served basis. Exhibit A Brewing Company offers a fun look at storytelling through beer, with a subtle nod toward the meaning of life. While we may know the answer is 42, it's a question that keeps us all searching. We're all about experiencing life and having a great beer or three along the way. If that beer came from our own brewery, then even better. We keep our lives and our beers simple and honest. Beer is meant to be endured together, so we invite you to join us at our brewery in Framingham, Massachusetts. While you are here, enjoy full, half or sample pours of the beers in our brewery taproom and 16 ounce cans to go. We think our beers taste best in our brewery, but they will probably taste even better in the comfort of your own home, shared with friends and family. That's because we believe it's the way beer is meant to be enjoyed. We believe we have a responsibility to our customers to protect the environment, our community, our industry and most of all our staff. We take our obligation to sustainability and acting with environmental friendliness very seriously. So we use efficient modern procedures, care for beer from brewing to packaging to ensure the quality product and use the freshest and tastiest ingredients available. Above all else, we promise to cultivate and foster a positive place to work and design and operate a brewery where our guests feel welcome and appreciated. Come visit our brewery in Framingham, Massachusetts and sample our liquid evidence for yourself. Thanks in advance from the staff at Exhibit A Brewery. Find your balance. Yeah, what it says on Untapped is effectively just the first paragraph of that. Okay, and what beer did I have from Exhibit A? It was a 5.4% American Porter called Briefcase Porter. Hey guys, welcome back to the Barcelona Beer Festival weekend, 15th of March 2020. I am drinking an American beer now. Exhibit A Brewing Company from Farmington, Massachusetts. Another delicious porter by Matthew Steinberg, the dude. This is 5.4%. It's in a 16 fluid ounce can, which I'm assuming is a 440ml. Yeah. Yeah, so 16 ounces, 440ml. 
So there, there's the can. It's a very sparse looking can. 5.4% porter. Let's get this open into my glass and see what... Ah! It's live! Excellent! <laughs> so for those just coming in on Facebook, this is Briefcase Porter from Exhibit A, Farmington, Massachusetts. I'm fairly sure I picked this up for Brewdog. It's a very sparse can, it's got a label on one side only. It's 5.4%. I had got something picked out, but then I realised it was 12% and there's no way I'm drinking your 12% at quarter nine at night. Especially as I'm planning on having a, what, at least one more beer to... Right. Oh, that went with a good crack. It's, uh, it's foaming up well. It doesn't have a third line, so... Whoa! That is another very, very lively. That is all head. Mmm, oh it smells good. This is, this is the second really, really lively one I've had today. Still waiting for this thing to settle. It's settled a bit. Probably got enough now to get a taste out of it. It's down into what I think. See what this beer's like then. Still got a massive head on it. Still got a one, two, three thing tan head. There's barely any beer in there. Very, very lively beer this one. Oh, that is delicious. Wow, nice, big, rich, chocolatey. I'm liking that. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm going to do that for our fire. That is a nice, big, rich, chocolatey beer. I picked this in brew, up in Brewdog in Liverpool some months ago, so I probably can't get it. If you're ever in Farmington, Massachusetts, or if you're from the Farmington, Massachusetts area, Give this a go. Really nice. Never heard of Exhibit A Brewery, but brilliant introduction to them. Amazing introduction to them. Alright, and that's it. I'll probably be back with one more before the night's out. So, alright. Cheers, guys. Thank you for watching. Thanks to the replay and everyone on YouTube watching on Vimeo. Listen to the beer show and we're all wife. I'll see you guys soon. Have a great evening. Enjoy yourself, whatever you're doing. Stay safe from coronavirus wherever you are. And all throughout that article I kept saying Farmington, Massachusetts. Exhibit A are from Framingham, Massachusetts. Farmington is in Connecticut, a hundred miles closer to New York. My final beer of the festival, my final beer of the weekend, takes me to Iceland. Eierstock Olegero is located in the fishing village of Akuren. 387 kilometers or 240 and a half miles from the capital Reykjavik. So let's read you what it says on untapped. Einstock Brewery is located 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle in the fishing port of Akeri. There the water flows from rain and prehistoric glaciers down the Hyorjafell mountain and through ancient lava fields delivering the purest water on earth and the perfect foundation for brewing deliciously refreshing craft ales and lagers. Oh, they've got their own TV channel, iStock TV. It's a couple of webcams. Our brews. It takes 9 to 12 months to release new styles, because we take the time to find the right ingredients and brew several versions until we get the best. We're not a brewery that strives to come out with a new style every week. We are relentlessly focused on quality over quantity. And the results are beers that have won awards all over the world and have fans in more than 22 countries. And the beer I had was the Arctic Pale Ale. Oh, they've got a new one, Icelandic Wee Heavy. 
Einstock Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale. Triple hopped for flavour and balance. Everything else will pale in comparison. It's 5.6% and contains pale ale malt, crystal malt, chocolate malt, along with American and Bavarian hops. Available in cans, bottles and kegs. One sip of Icelandic pale ale will refresh the adventurer within. Triple hopped for flavour and balance. This pale ale delivers a clean, pure taste every time. Brewed 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle, Einstock beer delivers ale unlike any other by combining the best from around the world. The combination of Cascadian hops with Northern Brewer and Halito tradition made this drink stand out as one of the most refreshing ales available. What are Halito tradition? Because you've heard me talk about Halito Blanc before. There was Halito Blanc in something we had earlier. So what is Halito tradition? We set out to make the best pale ale available. We discovered we needed to take the best from all four corners of the earth and combine it into one refreshing ale. Bavaria was a natural stop on our journey. Hops have been growing there for over a thousand years and Bavarian culture has developed around the Halito traditions. In this part of the world, hops are referred to as the green gold of Bavaria. Of course, we went straight to the people and the culture who have slowly been perfecting hop growing and added it to our own traditions and ancient practices of Icelandic northern brewing. Could there be any better combination? There was. It included a splash of America's popular Cascade hops. So the tasting notes for this say mild, slight toffee, generous hop aroma and flavour from late hop addition. It comes in a bottle with a blue label and it has a very interesting logo on it, which I will go into in the review. Hey guys, one last time. Welcome back to the Barcelona Beer Festival Replacement Weekend. 15th of March 2020. Welcome back to the Side Beer Kitchen. My final beer for the beer festival this weekend comes from Iceland. This is Einstock, Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale. This is a 5.6% pale ale. It comes in a 330ml bottle. The back of this one says, Quint of hop combined with pure Icelandic water to create our version of Arctic Pale Ale where a robust flavour American spelling of flavour without a U for some reason obviously influenced more by American than English sorry, where a robust flavour meets smooth malt Cascade hops give this American character malt new brewer and Halito tradition just add enough bitterness to make this ale refreshingly Icelandic and make everything else pale in comparison so I've never heard of Northern Brewer or Halito Tradition. You can check them out at einstockbeer.com and surprising the logo for Einstock is a Viking. Now like most people I associate Vikings with Norway but there were Vikings from Iceland as well. Let's crack this open and see what I think of an Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale. It would be useful if I had a glass, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, momento. What do I did with the glasses I was using? There it is. I've just left it through in the other room. So, quick rinse out. So, there it is. It's a light blue coloured label with a black cap. Oh, 
no fizz, no nothing on that. Cheers, good evening, guys. smell that holiday blank gives off. Mm, you can tell there's holiday in that. Mmm, <laughs> well that's not bad actually. Quite malty, it's got that white winey sweetness holiday blank gives off. Mmm, well that's not bad actually. Am I concerned about coronavirus? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna try and now not go out as much, so end up being involuntarily self-isolated. Yeah, it's not bad that. Leaving good white lacing on the glass. Very malty. That's my glass drinking as tripod. I'm gonna give that a three and a half out of five. It's not too bad that. Nice little mid-range. Although it says it's a pale, it's quite dark for a pale. It's more amber coloured, to be honest, but it's very dark golden, almost amber that. So try this if you see it. Not many places in the UK stock it. I get my supply from um, Newton Temple in Liverpool. That was the first place I knew that socks it and the uh, and it's where I get where I drink it and where I tend to go to get my takeouts from. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I read the Irish were shooting the bars. France did it last night. As of midnight today, all non-essential services in France are closed. Bars, nightclubs, um, cinemas, basically anywhere anybody can congregate. Yep, sound, yeah, that's absolutely right. We're doing, we're doing herd immunity, which unfortunately means thousands could die before we get this. With other countries, most of Europe, Denmark's completely shut down, shut its borders. France is completely shut down, shut its borders. Italy's most shut down, shut its borders. So is Spain. So is certain parts of the US. And America is closed to all outside travel. America's closed its borders. And we're going, oh no, we're fine. Mass immunity. Absolutely nutty, our government. <laughs> Absolutely nutty. Yeah, cheers guys. Stay safe. Um, you probably won't see me out in, in pubs for a while. It'll probably more of these home reviews from now on. I'm probably a little bit more susceptible to this thing than most other people. Want to stay well, so I'm probably not going to be going out much. 
socialising these days. But I've got you guys on social media, so it's all I really need. Alright, have a great evening. Enjoy yourself whatever you're doing. Stay safe guys. And I will check you guys soon. An empty house So hold my hand I'll walk with you my dear The stars creak As you sleep It's keeping me awake It's the house Telling you To close your eyes And some days I can't even Trust myself It's killing me To see this way Cause though the truth May bury this Ship will carry on
And that was it for my weekend. Thank you for joining me for the last hour and 40 minutes. I hope you've enjoyed the beer reviews. I hope you've enjoyed the music. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's anything you've seen that you think I should try and review, then you can get in contact by emailing cyberbeer at cyberbeer.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram using at cyber underscore beer. Or you can find us on Facebook by typing in cyberbeer. And if you want to see the process in process, follow me on Twitter and Periscope. Periscope is just at cyberbeer, all one word. Or you can watch through the Twitter account or on the Facebook account. I go live on Facebook as well. On a Monday and a Tuesday, set your notifications because I never really know when I'm going to go live. Don't have a set time. It depends on the weather. It's sometimes afternoon, sometimes it's evenings. Sometimes it's a bit of both. And occasionally I do a weekend as well, a Saturday or a Sunday. Or both. So just stay tuned to find out what's going on. So like, set your notifications. So you're notified when I go live. To find out where I am and what I'm doing that week. And remember to subscribe to the podcast so you get the next episode when it drops. Right.